And here we go. Here we go. On this Monday, the 22nd day of August, 2022, you're in the midst of Real Talk Memphis. It is 6 o'clock straight up on WYXR 91.7 on your FM dial. And uh, I'm going to tell you (laughs) at the outset, uh, they're doing some testing in the building of the fire, uh, fire alarms and things like that. So if you hear some strange noise during the broadcast, and I hope that they, you know, they're they're in the midst of doing some testing. All right, uh, I am your humble host, Chip Washington. Hi, good to see you uh, on this Monday. I hope that you had a uh, good weekend, uh, good week past, and a good Monday. Today was a very nice day, by the way. Temperatures did not get out of the 80s, but they did cl- get close enough to 90. Uh, the humidity was a bit high, but you know what? I'll take it. I, I thought it was a really, really nice day today. And, uh, uh, you know, I hope you got a chance to get out and enjoy it, if that is your thing, of course. Uh, a lot of ways to catch this uh, fine piece of radio broadcasting. Of course, uh, 91.7 on your FM Dow Live right now. We are on. We are also on the WYXR app. Uh, you can uh, go to the, you know, and uh, hit that and uh and check us out. The TuneIn app is available as well. We are live on there. And we are live on Facebook Live, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, a bit later on, we will post it to uh, YouTube. And uh, as we are a podcast, when the show posts tomorrow, we will be on the podcast system. You hear what I'm talking about? This is the fire thing going on here. Uh, but anyway, back to that. Anytime you, uh, and you can be able to get us anywhere you get your podcast. Now, this is going to be an endeavor in really trying to concentrate on what I'm doing here while this noise and this testing is going on of the uh, fire alarm system. So please bear with us, and I don't know how long this is going to go on. Okay. (laughs) But uh, uh, we're going to have a really good show for you tonight. Newly elected Shelby County District Attorney General Steve Mulroy will join us in just a few minutes uh, to talk about the election and, more importantly, what comes next. So we'll have a good conversation with him about that. A little bit later on, Daniel Irwin uh, of the Better Business Bureau of the Mid-South joins us. It's scam season, but when is it not scam season? Uh, He'll talk to us about some of the latest scams and, as always, how you can avoid becoming a victim. And a little bit later on uh, in the show, in the second half hour, we're going to speak to a young man who's a filmmaker. His name is Jason Martin. He's a young 32-year-old, uh, you know, enterprising uh, young fella trying to, uh, you know, become the next, uh, I don't know, Tyler Perry or Antoine Fuqua or, you know, any one of these uh, big-time directors out there. We're going to talk to him about uh, uh, what uh, what you know, drove him to want to be a film director <laughs> and, uh, you know, some of the projects he's got going on and, and what his future looks like as well. Uh, I don't know if you can, I, I don't know how well you all can hear what's going on behind me here, but uh, uh, the last show that was on before mine, uh, when I was driving in, I heard that noise as well. So uh, we'll see how long all this goes on, as I said. Uh, but before we move on, this is the part of the program where we celebrate you. You know, if you were... Uh, uh, born on this day, uh, we uh, salute you via happy birthday. And uh, either over the weekend or last week or upcoming, you know what? We're going to celebrate all of you. But we can't do that until I say, hit it, Lola. Happy yes, indeed. Let's get to the birthdays on this day. Happy birthday to 
Bertha Pickens. Bertha's celebrating her birthday today, as is Janice Johnson Lee, Eric Wells, LaDorcia J, Thomas Boiling celebrating today, as is Paula Sanford Stout, Paulette Todd Little is celebrating today, Happy Birthday Terry Cox, Tyrone Say, Carolyn Covington, and Chip Johnson. Uh, no relation to the first part of my name, uh, but he is the mayor of Hernando. Uh, so happy birthday to you, Chip, and uh, all of the rest of you. And if you celebrated over the weekend or you have an upcoming birthday. I'm sorry. Hold on. Lola is paging me. Hang on. What is it? And ha- Ashley Smith. Happy birthday to each and every one. And we hope to, uh, the Lord says so, to join you next year. For your next trip around the sun. Celebrate. Have a good time. Thank you, Lola. Okay, getting into uh, some of the news and notes uh, today. Uh, well, first of all, this afternoon there was a big uh, tanker fire explosion on I-40 uh, near Forest City. Happened about 2.30 or so this afternoon, and that tanker is still on fire, as is apparently some other vehicles uh, who were caught in that. Uh, just uh, saw that the one person is dead, uh, you know, as a result of this so far. Uh, when I left the house, this fire was still going. I mean, it was still pretty much engulfed. And uh, authorities are saying that it could take up to seven hours to clear this accident. Uh, so can, you can just imagine the folks that are stuck on And the interstate is, is stopped. Both sides, both sides, east and west at that particular uh, area, both stops. So you can just imagine uh, what it's going to be like for the next the several hours. Also, uh, a big story making the news today uh, out of Arkansas uh, where uh, a man was arrested yesterday morning. Uh, he was apparently at some sort of a gas station convenience stop. And uh, he was uh, making some threatening motion towards some of the people that worked there and being belligerent and a, a few other things. Anyway, law enforcement was called to the scene. Uh, they uh, found the man, and apparently they subdued the man. But uh, how they subdued the man is the same story we've seen over and over again. He was thrown to the ground. Uh, they had him on his chest, his, his uh, hands behind his back, and three of the law enforcement officers were kicking him, and they were they were punching him, and I mean I mean it was and someone was in the area happened to be shooting uh, a video and caught it been caught on video and from what I was told it was uh, it's been seen over a million times already in this country. The Department of uh, Justice is uh, intervening or looking into it, as is the FBI. So another bad situation, uh, you know, happening where law enforcement uh, we see these things over and over and over again. I don't know why, I don't know why. Uh, we don't learn from our experiences, but we don't seem to learn from our experiences. So we'll see how all that shakes out. Meantime, the uh, search for the killer of Dr. Yvonne Nelson uh, continues at this time. She was uh, killed two Saturdays ago uh, in Raleigh. Tiffany Wilson is the suspect, and she has a warrant out for her arrest for second-degree murder. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, uh, the MPD says this apparently was a disagreement over money. Uh, so after she shot, after uh, Miss uh, Tiffany shot uh, Dr. Nelson, uh, she took her vehicle uh, as well. But she's still on the run uh, at this hour. Okay, so I'm going to start this particular uh, story with uh, one question. Where's Wanda? Now, you, now I'm just going to let you digest that for about the old 10 seconds or so. Time's up. Wanda Halbert, last week, uh, Shelby County Clerk, 
said that uh, she was going to close her office this week. Uh, so they could get down to the business of starting to deal with the heavy backlog they have in reference to the car tags, dealer tags, and a lot of other issues, right? Uh, she actually closed the office early on Friday when folks were still standing outside in line. Uh, and so that didn't work out too good. So we, we, we knew late last week that the office was going to be closed. And I don't know how all this got prompted today, but uh, this afternoon, uh, I don't know, again, maybe it was a tip, maybe it was somebody said something, found out that Wanda Halbert was not one of the folks in the office that was doing the work. Wanda Halbert is in Jamaica. She is on vacation. She is, uh, I guess, tanning and sunning and shopping and doing things that people do while they're on vacation, while folks here are still trying to, you know, figure out what the heck is going on with their situation. Um, the uh, state controller's office, you remember a couple of weeks ago, the uh, Shelby County Commission asked for the state to intervene to try to help to alleviate this situation. Well, the state comptroller, once he found out that she was not in the office and that she was out of the country, uh, issued the following statement. He says, the clerk's decision to travel to Jamaica this week shows that her apologies were meaningless. Her decision to take a trip damages her credibility and shows a complete lack of awareness. The clerk is AWOL while her staff is behind, left behind to clean up the mess. So, you know, we just had an election, uh, what, two, three weeks ago? And uh, she won re-election. Now, I'm curious as to what you all think about that particular situation. Uh, it's not a good look. That's all I'll say about that. Not a good look. In other news, um, kudos to the Memphis 7. Remember those folks who were you know, uh, Starbucks employees who protested for better working conditions and on the whole nine yards in February? They've been out since February. Well, a district uh, federal judge uh, said that uh, they uh, were to report back to work. He ordered them to come back to work, ordered Starbucks to let them come back to work. Uh, so that, that, that happened at the end of last week. That is very, very, very good news for them. Uh, I mean, it's been a long time. And next week, I plan on having one of the Memphis 7 join me on this broadcast to talk about all this and, uh, you know, what comes next. And the uh, face of COVID for the last two years, Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, said today that he is stepping down in December uh, to, to pursue whatever is next in his life. He's advised seven presidents, and he's 81 years old, and it's time to get a little bit of rest. So we say to him, all the best in retirement. And uh, how would it look to see Kevin Durant in Beale Street Blue? Kevin Durant is the most sought-after free agent out there, and the Memphis Grizzlies have sort of entered into the fray of, you know, trying to put together a package to see if they could get him. Well, I tell you right now, that's not going to happen. All right. You know, they're talking about Jared Jackson. They're talking about Bain and a few other uh, your first round draft picks that they have to try to get him. Not going to happen. So let's not get our, you know, let's not get our hopes up. Let's not get excited. But, you know, it is it is something to, you know, think about and talk about for a minute or two. Right. And of course, uh, this weekend, I believe, uh, is, is, is the start of college football, the official start of college football. They call it week zero. But there's going to be about four or five games this weekend, so I, I know what I'll be doing uh, this coming Saturday. Uh, that wraps it up for news and notes uh, on uh, this particular Monday. 
We're going to take our first break. And when we come back, we are going to speak with uh, none other than uh, the newly elected Shelby County District Attorney General. His name is Steve Mulroy. My name is Chip Washington. This is Real Talk Memphis, and we will be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. you a fan of the sound? Be sure to block your calendar for December 3rd when we'll be throwing WYXR's inaugural music festival. From the airwaves to the stage, Raised by Sound Fest is a free day-long event showcasing local and regional talent. Come out to enjoy free live performances from 1 to 7 p.m. at Crosstown Brewing Company and the Crosstown Central Atrium, along with a day full of DJ sets from your favorite WYXR DJs. At night, stick around for ticketed events in Crosstown Theater and at the Green Room at Crosstown Arts from 7 to 11 p.m. We'll be announcing the full lineup soon, so stay tuned. If you want to be the first to know all the details, sign up for email updates at RaisedBySoundFest.com. WYXR is brought to you by Minglewood Hall, presenting Ani DeFranco, the songwriter, social activist, and independent artist on October 1st. More information at MinglewoodHallMemphis.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this uh, Monday evening. And very happy to have my first guest with us. Of course, you know, we had a big election a few weeks ago. And uh, there were a couple of featured uh, uh, races uh, in uh, this uh, particular election cycle. One of them was uh, a juvenile, uh, juvenile court uh, judge. And the other, and probably the one with the most focused in spotlight, was the uh, attorney general race. Uh, between Steve Mulroy and uh, Amy Wyrick. Well, uh, Steve Mulroy came out victorious, and he joins us now on Real Talk Memphis. And it is good to see you, sir. I haven't seen you for a while, but uh, congratulations, and uh, welcome to Real Talk. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Absolutely that. So, And, and before I even get into this conversation, I saw a post uh, from you over the weekend, and you were in Florida visiting, visiting a very special uh, young lady, uh, your mother. And uh, uh, how is she doing, by the way? Well, thank you for asking. She's uh, 96 years young. Yes, sir. And uh, she needs a little more help in the last uh, eight months than she did for the 95 years before that. But she is still healthy and um, and alert 
and enjoying life. Absolutely, that was well, well, well. It was just wonderful to see that. And God bless her. Uh, all right, so you know, you won this, uh, you know, rather big race, and uh, I guess the, the the first question I have for you is. You know, it was a pretty contentious, uh, you know, campaign, no doubt about that. Uh, but what was it, uh, in, in in your opinion, uh, that uh, that told voters it was time for a change, and you were the change that was needed? Well, uh, what told voters it's time for a change, I think, is the fact that we had a we were becoming nationally uh, notorious. Mm-hmm. We we're getting national attention for all the wrong reasons over the last decade. I mean, obviously the most important thing is that we had uh, ever rising crime, violent crime had been steadily rising over the last decade to the point where we were number one in the country. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we've been cited by studies for prosecutorial ethics problems, um, cited by courts for prosecutorial ethics problems, and cited by courts for uh, racial discrimination in our criminal justice system. And I think um, there was generally among most of us anyway, an overall need to make sure that the system became fairer and our streets become safer. Well, you know, you obviously have a, you know, a very big, uh, you know, job ahead. Uh, you know, when folks, uh, you know, elect uh, uh, people, you know, move older folks out, people in the current position out and bring somebody new in. There are always uh, lots of challenges. There's always uh, lots to, to focus on, you know, in, in, in this endeavor. So what are some of the uh, main points uh, as you prepare to take office that you are looking at, you know, as you uh, start to move down the road a little bit? Well, the absolute unconditional priority has to be reducing violent crime. That's job one, period, full stop. We, as I said earlier, are at record levels, and we need to do everything we can to focus like a laser on bringing violent crime down. And I think that means reorienting some of our priorities, getting away from things like uh, prioritizing marijuana possession or being late on fines and fees, and things of that nature, and focusing on crimes that really matter, like uh, carjacking and uh, homicide, obviously, and uh, domestic assault. And there are a number of different ways to do that. One of them is to uh, focus on alternatives to state prison for some of the nonviolent crimes. I think there are some reforms that we can do fairly quickly in our first year. A juvenile court needs some reform. I think our we need to fix our broken bail system. Um, and I think also we can establish a conviction integrity unit, or what I'm now calling a post-conviction justice unit, uh, which would look back on past cases like they do over in Nashville and see if there are wrongful convictions or, in Shelby County's case, even wrongful sentences that need to be fixed. It's my hope that by doing all of that, we can restore public confidence in the fairness of our system and get the public to cooperate with law enforcement again in in a way that might uh, help reduce violent crime. One of the biggest uh, uh, issues uh, was uh, the recent uh, passing by the State House of Truth in Sentencing. And I know that uh, you and the current DA uh, had a difference of opinion about that. Explain your side. Yeah, well, I, I like Governor Bill Lee, uh, opposed truth in sentencing. I think Governor Lee was correct when he said that we tried something very similar in Tennessee a few decades ago, and it did not reduce crime. Uh, all it did was balloon our prison budgets. We're now going to be spending under this new law $50 million more every year on prisons. Just think 
what we could do if we took half of that money and spent it on youth intervention on the one end and reentry services on the other, we'd be reducing crime more and we'd be saving taxpayer money in the process. You know, on this particular issue, um, our incumbent is to the right, not only of Governor Bill Lee, but the American Conservative Union. And I just don't think it's right for Shelby County. So it, it, in saying that, and I just, I kind of want to get a, a, a clear understanding of it. it. It is for, it's not for every crime, a, a, a serious crime, but it is for certain crimes. Is that, is that basically for a rather crime? lengthy list of felonies, including nonviolent drug felonies and, and, uh, robberies that are you know do not result in a serious uh, bodily injury but for a large set of crimes a very lengthy list we are essentially abolishing parole so what we're essentially saying to those prisoners is it doesn't matter how hard you try to rehabilitate how many classes you take skills you learn church services you adopt it doesn't really matter what you do to try to reform yourself you are not going to get any credit off your sentence and what that does is it reduces the incentive for those prisoners to reform, and it means that they're just as likely to reoffend once they're let out, and they will be let out. And the problem there is that we're not actually going to be reducing crime. We're not going to be making people safer. We're not going to be helping the victims. We are going to be spending tens of millions of dollars more unnecessarily on prisons every year. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with uh uh, Shelby County District Attorney-elect Steve Mulroy. And, you know, you mentioned earlier there has always been or there has been for quite some time uh, a disproportionate uh, rate in terms of uh, the racial component here, in terms of blacks being uh, locked up in, in, in various uh, capacities versus white. And you and you did make that a priority as well uh, in your campaign. Talk Absolutely. about Talk about how you plan on doing that. Right. Well, there are a number of discrete things we can do. Um, one is, uh, one of the areas where there is a pronounced racial disparity is with people who are awaiting trial, pretrial detention. Mm -hmm. We have a one in four people spending more than 500 days just awaiting for their trial, waiting for their day in court, haven't been convicted of any crime. And the longer they're there, the more likely they are to be black. Um, I intend to fix our broken bail system with new priorities that talk about presuming pretrial release, absent specific and credible evidence that that particular defendant is either a danger to the community or a flight risk. And I think the more that we fix that, the more we're gonna level off that racial disparity. Another particularly good example is the way that we treat young uh, ch uh, children in juvenile court. You know, the, uh, the federal court monitor found at pretty much every stage of the process even if you were to control for criminal history and uh, offense level, you know, do an apples to apples comparison, black teens were treated much worse than white teens. We can get under the hood and fix that problem. We can change the priorities, the way that we charge offenses in juvenile court to level that off. But I think most important, I'd say that we need to start measuring racial disparities better. We need to do a better job of data of uh, measuring at every stage arrest, decision of whether to do pretrial detention, disposition, sentence, the race of the defendant, the race of the arresting officer, start measuring this and putting it up on a dashboard for the entire public to watch. And they can chart our progress. Are we getting better with racial disparities or worse or the same? 
Um, and that will help everybody hold this office and the system generally accountable. You know, one of my supervisors in the Civil Rights Division of the Bill Clinton Justice Department, where I used to work before I came here to Memphis, used to say, if you want to improve something, measure it. And that's what we're going to do. So uh, recently, uh, one of the biggest, uh, I guess, uh, high-profile stories uh, has been uh, the uh, tragic death of uh, Reverend Dr. Atura uh, Eason-Williams and the fact that uh, she was uh, shot and killed by two 15-year-olds and a 20-year-old and the, the debate that has continued ever since uh, that happened as to whether uh, these two 15-year-olds should be charged uh, you know, as adults uh, or go through the juvenile justice system. And, and, and before you answer that, I, is, is there some type of uh, program or perhaps a blended sentence or something that can be done as a detriment, particularly because we are seeing so many young juveniles committing such major crimes? So two great questions embedded in there. Let me try to quickly address each one of them. Sure. First of all, I'm not going to be talking about individual cases that are currently pending and ongoing, mm-hmm. particularly because I haven't even been sworn in yet, right? And right. so we only have one DA at a time, and that's Ms. Uh, Weirich. Mm-hmm. I won't be DA, DA until September 1st. But even after that, I think I need to be careful about discussing particular pending cases. But I will tell you this as a general matter. There are going to be rare cases where we have no choice but to transfer uh, a minor to juvenile court and most likely that adult prison. In those cases, we're essentially giving up on that child. We're saying they're incorrigible, they can't be rehabilitated. But those cases should be very rare indeed, and they're tragic. It should be a last resort, not a first instinct. And right now, unfortunately, in Shelby County, it is a first instinct. You know, we do more transfers to adult court juvenile defendants in Shelby County alone every year than all other Tennessee counties combined and 95% of them are black and an independent federal court martyr found that the way we do those transfers was racially discriminatory. In fact, the quote is a toxic combination for African-American youth. Mm. We can do better and we need to do better. Now, you mentioned blended sentencing. It's an excellent question, you know, and Bill Gibbons the uh, Republican former district attorney who's now head of the Memphis and Shelby Crime Commission just recently came out with a really great article in the Daily Memphian about this. Mm -hmm. Right now, we have two extreme choices. We either send the child to adult prison where the data shows they're actually more likely to reoffend when they come out. So we're actually making us less safe, not safer. We're Mm -hmm. not helping the victims. Mm -hmm. And they're at a higher uh, risk for uh, sexual assault and suicide to boot, or we keep them in the juvenile system where there's a broader array of rehabilitative services, but however, we lose jurisdiction when that child uh, reaches 19th birthday. Mm -hmm. And so if they are already a couple of years below age 19, then we only get them for a few years before we lose them. Neither one of them is a perfect solution. Sometimes we need a middle ground solution of blended sentencing, where on a case-by-case basis, the judge can say, in this case, we're going to keep this child in juvenile court custody past the age of 19, maybe to 21, maybe to 25, where uh, the brain science shows that you know the, the, the brains aren't really fully developed until age 25. I think that's something we really need to seriously consider. 
Well, you know, there is uh, there is a lot on the plate. And, uh, you know, you're going you're gonna to be a very busy, busy, busy person. But but listen, I, I just want to say thank you for uh, coming on the, the show tonight and, uh, you know, having a chance to uh, kind of you know, just sit back and explain to folks, you know, just kind of, you know, where you're headed you know, and, and, and what's going on with you. You know, we realize it's going to be a process, uh, but I want to thank you for coming on this show. And I also want uh, to ask if I could tap on you from time to time. I know you'll be very busy, but as time moves on down the road, just to kind of uh, take a temperature, take your temperature and the progress report and seeing how you're you're doing in your in your new role. Anytime. Happy to do it. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Take care now. Bye. You too. Great, great, great interview uh, with uh, Steve Mulroy, the newly elected uh, Shelby County District Attorney General. As he said, he takes uh, the seat on September 1st. We are going to take our next break. And uh, when we come back, we are going to talk about scams. And we're going to talk about uh, how, you know, there seem to be so many we can't even keep account. But more importantly, Daniel Irwin of the Better Business Bureau is going to drop by and uh, talk to us a little bit how, about how we are not the victims. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. The Onstage at the Halloran Center season presents the musical history of Royal Studios. Narrated by Boo Mitchell on Friday, August 26th, High Rhythm and Boo Mitchell share the stories of soul music and take you on a musically guided journey of more than 60 years with Willie Mitchell and his iconic Royal Studios. More information at orpheum-memphis.com. Support for WYXR comes from Focal Point. Located in Crosstown Concourse, Focal Point is a Southern College of Optometry clinical facility that offers fittings with designer eyewear and eco-friendly frames. Learn more at focalpointcrosstown.com. Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this uh, beautiful Monday evening in the city. Uh, so before the break, we were talking about it. You know, uh, scammers 
are getting pretty sophisticated. I mean, in a lot of different ways. Uh, to even uh, to uh, the uh, untrained eye, or even to some trained eyes, uh, you know, you might uh, see something that looks so real, uh, you might uh, fall for it. But uh, nonetheless, the scammers are very, very busy. And I thought it was time uh, for a scam checkup, so to speak. So I am invited back on the broadcast, Daniel Irwin of the Better Business Bureau of the Mid-South. And Daniel, welcome again back to Real Talk. Good to see you, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you and I were talking a few days ago, uh, you know, uh, off air, you know, about this 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 whole episode. And I kind of wanted to know what uh, some of the more popular scams were. I think I when I talked to you, we were talking about the financial scams that are going on, uh, you know, at a pretty high level. And we also know that uh, there is a specific targeted group, uh, you know, in, in terms of all these scams. So tell us kind of what we are looking at. What What's the landscape in the scam world looking at these days looking like? What? Yeah, so first let's let's talk about what a scam is, right? And and so when we talk about a scam at the Better Business Bureau, we're talking about fraud. Right. We're talking about there was never any intention of following through, following through with what it is they were doing. Mm-hmm. We're talking about usually some type of imposter, somebody impersonating someone else, someone impersonating a business, someone impersonating a, a government agency, someone impersonating an organization that you know in an effort to get your personal information and also your money. And remember, oftentimes, scammers do want your money, right? They want that two, that $300. Sure, sure. What they really want is your personal information because they can make more money off your personal information by selling it and by opening up false loans, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So they want your money, but they really want your personal information because they can make a lot more money off that personal information than they can that two or $300 just came off you. So you were telling me, uh, you know, as, as – uh as we see it now in, in terms of there are so many of them, is there, is there any one or two or a few uh, right now in particular that are, you know, kind of, you know, crop up that you all have seen more of here recently? Well, there's one that's really concerning to me. Um, and it's one that never really goes away. Okay. It's one that we see all the time and it's not necessarily specific to Memphis, but the utility scam, um, yeah. we refer to it as the MLG and W scam, but essentially uh, you get a phone call or a text message, and it's basically threatening to turn off your utilities unless you give immediate payment. Um, what's concerning about this is when we had a really, really hot streak, right? When yes. it was, we had that heat wave earlier this summer, uh, people started getting these scam calls. And when usually we would get a lot of calls about this, people would just tell us about it, but they weren't falling for it. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, um, for the first time, we had 22 people fall for this scam uh, this summer in a two-week span. And all of them were seniors and they lost an average of $600. Oh my. Um, and that's a lot of money. And again, this is something we hear about all the time, but usually people are just telling us that they got that phone call. They didn't fall for it. What's alarming is people are falling for it at an alarming rate, at a rate that we're not used to seeing. Um, and what's also alarming is, you know, some of the seniors that we talked to who fell for the scam, they told us deep down they knew that it was a scam, but they couldn't take that chance. Uh, they told us that MLG and W was so hard to get in touch with and so hard to deal with mm. on a regular basis mm. that they weren't going to take the chance of their utilities being cut off and then not have air conditioning. Wow. That, now, that, that that really is revealing. Is, is it due in part, too, because these scammers are so sophisticated now? I mean, some of the some of the some of the techniques that they use, it does maybe put some pause in some folks minds. It does. And another tactic that, you know, um, makes these these scams so believable. And when we ask victims who have fallen for scams and lost money, 
one of the main reasons they tell us that they fell for the scam was caller ID. It's really important to know that caller ID can and is usually spoofed. We see this in all sorts of scams. Oh, wow. You know, you've had those scam calls, I'm sure, where they said they were the Social Security Administration or the IRS. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, when you get one of those calls and they're threatening to take you to jail or they're threatening to do something or suspend your benefits unless you pay money, you know it's a scam. But when you see on your phone that it says IRS or it says Social Security Administration, yeah, that can be really hard to combat, right? Because, again... You know, but there could be just a little bit of truth to it. So, you know, it really does stump a lot of people, and especially seniors. They, they can't get past that caller ID. Because remember, you can't trust anything that you see anymore. And we always say, if you didn't initiate contact, you just shouldn't engage, right? Yeah. In this day and time, if you get an unsolicited phone call, text, or email, you just shouldn't engage. And if they say something that interests you or you think something might be wrong, you should cease all contact with who you're talking to and call back the real agency with a number you've gotten independent. If you're just joining us, we are speaking with Daniel Irwin of the Better Business Bureau of the Mid-South. And we were talking talking about scams. And, you know, one, one of the ones I get um, online, the Internet type, uh, is, uh, is from PayPal. PayPal sends me these notices that say, your PayPal account has been suspended. And, uh, you know, right. in order for us to get, you know, resume, we, we need your personal information. And I just hit delete, 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 delete. How big a deal uh, are the Internet scams these days? Well, the, those phishing emails that you're talking about, those have exploded and they are really, really devastating. And you just, again, you have to be really careful because when you click on links, you never really know where you're going. And so there's so many fake websites and lookalike sites out there. So you just have to be really, really careful and look for the red flags. And one of the main red flags and one of the things you can do to combat that when you get those emails is take your mouse and hover over the uh, the person that right. sent you the email, right? Right. right. If exactly. it claims to be from PayPal or Amazon, but it's from a Gmail account, right. you know it's not really Amazon or PayPal, right? Yeah. So looking on the the sender, the address from of the sender is one of the best things you can do. And again, if you didn't initiate contact, we always say you shouldn't engage. And if you think that there might be an issue, don't respond to that email. Call PayPal or call the entity that you think is contacting you from an independent number yeah. that you've obtained on your own. You can always call the Better Business Bureau, and we'll be happy to give you corporate phone numbers. Yeah, absolutely that. Yeah, I've always, I've also gotten them from from Amazon too. You know, they was we build your account for seven hundred and forty five dollars for this uh, fifty five inch uh, big screen TV and blah blah blah. I mean, it's just right. it's just it's just amazing. And and uh, you know, you and I when we were discussing all of this, it's just. There is an in, innate fear, I think, especially in the senior population, because they are so trusting. And, and as you said to me, which I really I thought about a lot, scammers are full time. These are full time jobs for these folks. Yeah, they, they go to work just like you or me. Their job's to scam you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's big business. Most of the scams that we see, most of those phishing emails that we are talking about, yeah. it's all per- and all those those phone calls you get from all those automated numbers and those robo calls and all that. Yeah, you most of that comes from overseas, right? That's coming yes. from India and Jamaica, mm-hmm. and people they actually go to work in call centers. They clock, they punch a clock, they clock in, they clock out. They get bonuses, they get benefits. Their job is to take your money and your personal information. It is quite literally a job for them. And it's big business, right? They wouldn't be doing it if they weren't making a lot of money and it's well-funded, right? Yeah. They operate it just like we would a business here. They take profits and they invest back into it. So it's big business. 
Is there anything that a legitimate business or corporation or company or whoever can do to uh, to to stop this type of uh, behavior, this criminal behavior from 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 these scamming scammer folks? Well, you know, it's really hard because unfortunately the scammers have kind of outpaced the rest of us, right? Mm. But what the good thing that a lot of major companies, including Amazon, Walmart, some of your major retailers and your major companies, they do have entire pages um, on their websites specifically about fraud, right? Like if you go to Amazon's corporate page or Walmart or, yeah. or like I said, any major retailer, most of them will have an entire section of their website devoted to the different types of fraud that their company is usually impersonated by, right? Mm -hmm. or, or the types of fraud that their company might be used in or other people would use the name of their company in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then you also just have to know that like Amazon is not going to call you because there's a problem with your package, right? Mm -hmm. Amazon is not going to call you. Most major retailers are too busy to call you if there's an issue, right? Mm -hmm. The only way you're going to know there's an issue with your Amazon account or that someone has made a fraudulent charge is usually when you look at your credit card or your bank statements, right? Mm -hmm. Most major retailers aren't in the habit of calling you over a three or four or $7 charge that may or may not be fraudulent. They just don't have the time, resources, or labor to do that, and it's just not cost effective. So, you know, you kind of have to watch your own statements, but a big red flag would be if a major retailer retailer supposedly tried to call you. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that, that, that'd make you pause for sure. Uh, before you get out of here, Daniel, uh, give us some information if anyone has any uh uh, any hint or or just just really confused or need some help in terms of determining what's real and what's not, how can they get a hold of you? Well, we have a great tool here at the Better Business Bureau called our Scam Tracker. So you can not only look and see what others, what people are reporting out there, right? What scams are going on in your area in real time, mm -hmm. but you also can type in something. If you've got a phone number or a phone call from a phone number that you want to know, is it legitimate or not? Mm -hmm. You can search our Scam Tracker. You can type that number in and you can see if anybody throughout the country oh, has good. reported that phone number that's as good. a scam, right? Yeah, that's good. You can also report scam attempts to us. You can learn about, we have a listing of all the common scams going on and ways that you can combat it. So you can go to our website, bbb.org slash scam tracker, or you can give us a call. We're staffed up. We have operators that all they do all day long is answer your phone calls and direct you to where you need to go and answer your questions about whether you're having an issue with a business treating you badly and you need to file a complaint or whether something's a scam or you may not know what it is and just need to know what we think about something and tell you how to proceed. You can always give us a call at 901-759-1300. We have a great staff standing by ready to help you. Daniel Irwin from the Better Business Bureau of the Mid-South. Daniel, thank you for coming on and giving us some very valuable information. And uh, you take care until we talk again. Thanks for having me. I'll see you next time. Yes, sir. Take care. Take care. Well, that was, I hope you were paying attention because he gave a lot of good information in terms of uh, just how slick these folks are uh, who like to scam other folks uh, for sure. Uh, so before we go to our uh, last break here and bring in our last guest, uh, I want to acknowledge all the folks on the uh, Facebook uh, Live line. Rachel Johnson, I see you there. Uh, good to see you. Marshawn Chrysler from Jackson, Mississippi. My boy, how you doing, man? Uh, Barbara Dufour is watching us. Michael Harris. He enjoyed the uh, interview we did with uh, with uh, Steve Mulroy. Uh, he's checking things out. Uh, and uh, let's see here. Diane Towns, uh, Beverly Ingram, Karen Jones-Rudolph. 
checking us out. Appreciate that, all of you. Uh, we're going to take our final break, and when we come back, we're going to Hollywood, or at least we're going to talk to a young man who wants to go to Hollywood. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. The Brooks is open in Overton Park, home to Memphis Art Collection since 1916. The Memphis Brooks Museum of Art holds the largest collection of world art in the region, with more than 10,000 works spanning 5,000 years of art and cultures. Remember, every Wednesday is free and open until 8 p.m. They are a proud sponsor of WYXR. For more information about the museum and their exhibitions, visit brooksmuseum.org. You belong at the Brooks. Music meets you wherever you are. A great record finds you, and the trick it pulls off is that it records you. The music always remembers who you were when it first hit you, and for the rest of your natural-born life, wherever you go, music can take you back to whoever you were. At Loaded for Bear, the way we approach art and brand design is to find our clients wherever they really are, meet them there, and create lasting work that captures who they are. Just like y'all, we're from Memphis, and we're listeners. Loaded for Bear is proud to ride for WYXR and community radio anywhere. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to the big broadcast. Been a good show so far this evening. Now, my next guest is is a young man who is definitely a go getter, uh, and he he actually reached out to me a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you know made contact and, and and wanted to you know come on the show and, and talk a little bit about what he does. He he is a he is a filmmaker. Uh, he's a young filmmaker. I believe he's in his early thirties, and uh, he's uh, doing a lot of things in the city. And let me tell you something: if anybody's gonna make it in this business, uh, just from perseverance alone, it's my next guest. Uh, please welcome to the show, Jason Martin. Jason, welcome to Real Talk Memphis. How you doing? I'm doing fine. What's about yourself, Mister Washington? Man, we are doing okay. We are we, we, we're above ground, so that's always a, that's always a good sign. When you're above ground, it's better to be seen than to be viewed. So. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So, uh, you know, you were telling me uh, uh, offline a little bit about what you've been doing. And I guess I want to start at the beginning. What was it and how early in age was it that you determined uh, that you discovered that this is the area that you wanted to be in in terms of making films? Oh, wow. It started with music first. Okay. I, was doing, I was a musician at first from 19 to 24. Mm-hmm. And um uh, that dream didn't work out. And then uh, I had a friend named Ventrell Jones, and he took me to one of his sets, and he asked me to boom guy, what I got. And uh, I fell in love with it after that. My first time ever just seeing the scene and how it was developed and how the characters uh, 
uh, how they develop and how the scene is put together in the setups. So when you uh, when you look at uh, you know you know all the movies and some of the great great movies out there and some of the great directors are there are there ones that you see from a style perspective uh, that kind of match what you choose to do I mean some of some of the greater directors some of the big directors out there well you know we're talking about uh, uh, you know Antoine Fuqua comes to mind with what you do because he does a lot of action type stuff is he one of the people that you may want to emulate one day Oh Christopher Nolan hands down. And who is he? He's the guy that uh, directed uh, the Dark Knight uh, Black uh, Batman. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, so what about that genre interests you? The storytelling, and he has a lot of action. If you go see the Dark Knight, and from the beginning end, from the, the bank heist, from how the Joker developed his character, from you know blowing up cars and taking over the city, it was just beautiful how he wrote it. And someone else that I love and admire is uh, Rest in Peace to Giant uh, Singleton. Oh yes, he's the guy that wrote, uh, Baby Boy and yeah. uh, yep. Poetic Justice. Yeah, a- absolutely. He was, uh, yeah, he was, he was very talented and left us uh, f- far too soon. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are, those are, those are two good examples. Now, you've done a few projects, uh, from what I'm to understand. Uh, talk, yes, talk sir. a little bit about what you have done so far. Yes, sir. Uh, right now, I just did my uh, feature link called Reminiscent Shadows, and it's about this new age satanic cult that's going city to city to collect these spiritual debts. And um, okay. speaking of the Dark Knight, we was able to do a tribute to Heath Ledger, the Joker, in the movie. I don't want to say too much. We did a tribute to uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame of Robert Johnson. Um, we had a rocket lounger scene up in there. We had, uh, a, to me, one of the biggest police takedown on any level. We had 15 undercover police cars. And, uh, man, we did some, some 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 magnificent things in that movie. So, so is, is, now is, is this, and what movie is this, the one that you're talking it's, about? It's the feature link that's going to be at the Malco Theater. We aim for October the 6th. October the 6th. And what's the name of it again? Reminiscent Shadows. I like that. I like that. Reminiscent Shadows. And, and, and you're talking about cult stuff and, 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 and all of this. That, that seems to be, a lot of folks are doing movies and TV shows kind of with that theme. You know, and yes, have, you, have you noticed, is, is that just kind of where we are these days in cinema? You well, think? In a sense, when you see mines, it's just completely different. I didn't want to mimic the way that they did it, you know, because I wanted to be based in Memphis. So even uh, the, the the dialogue is from a Memphis standpoint and the narrative of how we speak in Memphis. How important is it for you uh, to represent the, the city that you that you live in now? Mine is very important. Nobody can persuade me to go to California. They can't tell me to go to New York. They can't tell me to go to Atlanta. I always tell everyone Memphis is the best place to film. Because it's so much just boundaries. And, and I mean, you have to talk about this off air. And I was just telling you, like, it's the idea that makes Hollywood go. It's not the money or the resource. It's the idea. And, like, the movie script hires the director, the actors, the uh, executive producers, and you have the budgets. And then you go get people to do the location scout. So I'm just saying, just from this point, I know it's going to get to the point Memphis going to have some of the most dopest craters and directors coming out the city of Memphis soon. I mean, you know, it's, it seems like uh, there is a is a is a slow move afoot for for Memphis to uh, start to identify itself, you know, uh, more uh-huh. in television and movies. I guess that what's that that show, The Rock, that bring it. Oh that, yeah, uh, uh, I forgot. Just know he's coming here next month. Well, I think next month, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna uh-huh. start shooting. They're gonna start Young Rock or whatever it's called. Uh, it's, yes, it's, it's, that TV series is on uh, NBC. 
And uh, exactly. I, I know that he got his kind of got his start in wrestling here in Memphis. Uh, but uh-huh. but I, I think there there may be a focus on it. But but uh, could you see yourself now? You know, we talked to Jason Farmer, uh, who is uh, planning to build uh, probably the second largest film studio complex in this country. Congratulations, uh, right, Jason. Right here in Memphis, Tennessee, by the way. Uh, is that uh-huh. someone that you can see yourself maybe collaborating with down the road? Since everybody, you, since you want to, since you sound like you're very Memphis centric when it comes to what it is you're trying to do. Oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I really want to and see uh, Jason on date. I, I I'm very excited for them as well. You know, what I'm saying I really want to work with Jason. I think they'd be dope for me to do a project together. And uh, it's just one of my biggest things. I have no boundaries, and me and you discussed this. So I like to see things done. If if Hollywood can do it, we can do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's why I say it's, uh, as long as the boundaries ain't there, as long as we can push that level, because we have if the thing is about competition and being competitive. We have to compete with other major uh, cities that got their major uh, productions behind them. Talk about so you said that this movie that you that you're the feature length that you're uh, working on you're gonna release it at Malco at least you hope to, to release it at Malco here pretty soon. Yes, sir. Uh, so what about some of these these like online these streaming services? I mean, there's so many of them that that people go to Tubi and a lot of the, yeah. You can you can go through uh, Mavericks or you can go to uh, Any Rights or Homesteady. Uh, those the distribution where a lot of independent artists, I mean uh, filmmakers. They uh distribute uh they you know, they they let them handle they, the distribution and everything to get them on Amazon Prime uh Netflix who I mean Hulu and Tubi and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, but is that is that is that a good way to go? Do you think? Yes, I think yeah, it is because you know uh this guy Howard Bell he uh uh went through it and he's on stars right now with Jukin. Okay. So yeah, you just never know where it can take you to. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, I just, you know, I mean, I, I, I love your, your your determination. Now, you said that I always talked about the fact that, you know, these movies, they take money to make. And, right. uh, you know, funding has to be a big part of that. But but you right. seem to and I, I think you understand that. But but you 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 depend on the kindness of others in a lot of things you do, don't you? Well, it's not the count. It's about building relationships. OK. So it's always going to be a favor for a favor. Now, I do pay if I have to pay. Mm-hmm. That's always never going to be out. That's never what that is. It's more about a favor for a favor as how can this help benefit me as much as you can benefit uh, one another. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. But uh, yes, most definitely. If it's, is it come down, if you ask any business owner, I always ask them the first thing, how much would this cost now to rent it out? You know, I uh, moved back then. I got my own production space where I live and sleep out my office. So money would never be the issue. It's just all, most of the time when I come to them like that, they be like, well, you know, it's not about the money. It's about can we trust you with the brain and the vibe company. Do you have a uh, a, a a team of uh, of actors, actresses, and other technical folks that you generally work with uh, project per project? Yes, sir. Uh, John Hamilton. Uh, I want to uh, give a special shout out to my guy uh, Keith Neal. I executive produced his project called Black Girl Big City, which is on Amazon Prime and Tubi. Over 100,000 uh, views on YouTube. Wow. Uh, we have a shout out for uh, Bro Man from the Field Flow for Martin. Uh, um, uh, the guy that plays the Earth, I forget his name. Uh, and uh, I just want to give a special shout out to him and uh, and all the actors. I, I hang with, like, I, I got my own particular, I ain't going to sit here and lie. I have my favorite few actors that I like, but I'm always into networking with other actors as well. 
Well, listen, you know, uh, that, that that all sounds, you know, really good. And, and you sound like you're a very loyal young man. And, and mm-hmm. I, I, I just before I let you go, I, I just I see a motion picture in your future that features a dynamic, you know, intelligent, good looking uh, radio personality. I just I don't know. I see a scene. <laughs> I, I don't know who it is, but I see a scene in the movie that that, you know, you could just drop that right in there. And I think I that, that would really be your, you know, it could be. A, <laughs> so listen, <laughs> so listen, man, I'm, I'm really proud of, of, of what you're trying to do here. And I have no doubt that you're going to be very successful. And uh, Jason Martin, thank you so much for taking time to come out of my show. Uh, come on the show and thank you for reaching out to me man i really enjoyed the conversation and uh, i wish you nothing but the best and i look to see you down the road and, and a big time success okay yes sir thank you all right take care of yourself man have a good night uh, you too sir yes sir well i tell you what ladies and gentlemen good way to end the show there uh, that young man has a lot of potential and i think he's going to do very very well as lola plays this out uh another great edition of real talk memphis on this monday uh, i want to thank my guest uh, the newly elected uh, Shelby County District Attorney General Steve Mulroy joined us uh, a little bit earlier. If you missed it, you can check it out here on our Facebook Live. And, of course, if you do the podcast thing, you can check that out after we uh, download the show tomorrow. Also, Daniel Irwin gave us some great pointers uh, from the Better Business Bureau of the Mid-South. And you just heard Jason Martin as well. Really appreciate all of you checking us out. Really appreciate all of you being a part of what we try to do each and every week on this broadcast. Uh, next week, by the way, uh, just kind of a, a sneak peek. Uh, the newly elected juvenile court judge, Tarek Sugarman, is going to be one of my guests next week, as well as one of the Memphis Seven from the Starbucks situation. So in the meantime, in between time, be good. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Watch your surroundings. And, you know, just just try to love instead of hate. You'd be surprised how far it takes you. For Lola, for Nicole, for Cell, I'm Chip. And we're out. Have a great week. <laughs>